All right, as you are making your way back to your seat, freeze real quick, real quick, real quick. Everyone look around the room, look around the room. Find someone that you don't know. Find someone you don't know or that you know the least. And ask them this question, what song, what song do, they, do you hope they play tonight at the dance party? What song are you hoping that they'll play? What? What, what song you want them to play tonight for the dance party? Uh, for the party, for the dance party, for the, for the, for the dance party. What? What? Party in the USA. All right, all right, freeze, 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 everybody. Freeze real quick, look up here. Hey, you gotta find one more person. So if you're sitting down, I don't know how you're gonna find the person you know least in the room. But here's the second question. This is, this question, listen, this question's gonna tell you a lot about them. Here's the question, you ready? Here's the question, I'm gonna say it soft so that you have to listen. The, the question is this, the question is, if you had to, like if you were forced to, how many five-year-olds could you fight at one time? How many five-year-olds could you fight off at one time? All right, and you can grab your seat. You can grab your seat. All right, you guys can make your way back to your seats. Sit down. All right, all right, all right. All right. How we feeling? We feeling all right? We feeling good? How many of you, how many of you, this is the very first, that's a dangerous place to sit because this is my walking path, Alvin. How many of you, this is your very first time coming on a 707 retreat? Wow. Awesome. Oh, really? Okay. All right, here's my question for you. If it's your first time, what song are you hoping that they will play tonight during the dance party? I don't know. Um, anything. I don't know. They want, us to, they want me to say Tainted Love. Tainted Love. Tainted Love? Tainted Love? Uh, who said Party in the USA? Yeah, there it is. There it is. All right, that one's coming. Unwritten? Dancing Queen? All right. All right. All right. Eat, settle down. Settle down. All right. All right. The second question I ask is how many five-year-olds could you take at one time if you had to? I'm going to give you, here's my thoughts on this. Here's my thoughts on this. You heard a bunch of different answers from different people. 
Listen, if the person you were talking to, if I ask you that question and you look at me and you say zero, you're a liar and I can't trust anything you can say. Because physically you could. So I can't trust you anymore. But listen, on the other side of the spectrum, listen, listen, on the other side of the spectrum, if you said like over 20, you visualized yourself striking a five, like what is wrong with you? Like what kind of messed up person? I'm just kidding. Um, I want to tell you a sad story. When I was five years old, when I was five years old, when I was five years old, sad story, I got kicked out of church, church, uh, kids church. Let me tell you. I, at the time, my, my parents, for some reason, they, I, my haircut was a, a flat top. I was the only white kid rocking a, a spiked up flat top. And I was, um, as my mother would lovingly say, I was the spawn of Satan. Um, and and the, the thing is, is I would, I would play really, really rough. And I just thought that's how you played. And so I was going to children's church and I was headbutting and biting all of the other kids to the point where they go to my parents and say, listen, Hal and Dawn, your child is no longer welcomed in, uh, in the five-year-old room. And so my parents are trying to figure out, like, what do we do? Like, what, our, our child is, is biting people. And so my dad, eventually, my dad bit me back. He bit me back, and that's what got me to stop biting people. It works. So if anyone bites you, this is just free material at this point. If anyone bites you, just bite them back. Um, later in that, uh, about a, a year or two later, listen, my dad, uh, I've got two brothers, and we used to, like, wrestle, right? And so it would be like, let's wrestle dad. And likewise, my dad, uh, when I, right around when I was age seven, he's like, we're no longer wrestling because our strategy, we would huddle together and we'd talk about it. And Luke was my older brother and we'd be like, all right, Luke, you got to go in first because you're the oldest. And so you just like occupy his hands. Anthony, that's my little brother. It's like, hey, he feels bad for you because you're so little. Just like, again, distract him. And then while he was distracted, I would come in and we, I would just fly at his head just head down and just fly at his head. And he, he, got, he hated it. And so he's like, until you have a new strategy, I refuse to wrestle you. And so um, I share that to say, um, is there a point to that story? I don't know. I don't know if that's the best lead and I'm still working on some things. I share that to say this though, is that there are some things in life that you do have to fight for. Uh, and, and I would say this, that it's something we don't talk a lot about in church. And even this weekend, we've been talking about valleys. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, we start to picture that uh, these, are my, these are valleys I'm creating. And, and these are valleys that, that like, I'm positioning. But the, there's also, and that may be true for some of them, but the, the other truth is that if you believe in Jesus, that, you, that there also is a, a devil, and there you have an enemy. You have a real enemy who does not want good things for you. And we often don't talk about the reality that there is, there is somebody on the other side, on the polar opposite side of Jesus, who does not, it says that the devil prowls around in the dark seeking to destroy your life. Like that, that is the desire of the devil, that, that, that you would live permanently in a valley that you were never meant to live in. That, that you would be 
overcome, that you would allow yourself to become overcome. And there's some, some things in life that, that like you, you've got to learn to really fight for, to really advocate for, to, to really like get determined in your heart and in your soul that there's got to be a better way, that there's got to be a different path, that, 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 that there is hope. And, and there is, there's hope today and there's life today. We've been talking about it all weekend, but, but the reality is that all of us, some of you, even tonight, you're in a valley. Some of you, the moment you get home, you're going to be walking into a valley. And some of you, you're, you're, you're coming out of just a really tough season, a really tough valley. And, and more than anything else, my hope, Adam's hope, your leader's hope is that you would find true victory, that, that, that you would find a pathway of hope, that you would find a pathway that leads to life and, and joy, uh, overflowing peace. And so tonight we're going we're gonna to look at a story. Uh, I talked about the, the Valley of Conflict last night. It's called the Valley of Elah. And we're going to look at the story that takes place there. It's in 1 Samuel 17. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And, and it talks about a story that, that you probably know. It's the story of David and Goliath. And it says this. It says, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Socha in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes the mean between Soka and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The, Philist the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. And so again, get the picture. You have the Israelites and the Israelites represent the people who believe in the living God and the, the true God. And they got their camp here on this hill. And then you've got the, the Valley of Elah, the, the con, a place of conflict in between. And then you have the Philistines over here. And, and I would say this, that for some of you this weekend, I hope God's changing or shifting some things. But the, the conflict happens in the valley. And for some of you, the, that conflict's not really going to happen until you get home. Because when you get home is where you're going to have to live different. You're, right now, in a lot of ways, we're, we're in the hillside. We're in the camp of God. Like God's doing some cool things. God's here and God's present. But it's kind of a safe space. And, and so what do you do when you're, you're in the camp of God? What do you do when you're on a retreat? Well, this is the time where you, you start to, to map out and you start to plan. You, you start to understand who's my enemy. What, what valley am I in? Some of the things we've done, like, like who am I fighting with? Uh, it, it's a good space to, I'm glad that you're taking notes because it's a good space to really start to think and process where am I at in life. But the battle, the conflict happens in, in the valley. For some of you that, that might be tonight, it might have been last night, but for most of us, it, it's gonna be the, the weeks and months to come as we go back home to live. And so, uh, camp of God, valley, enemy. Verse four, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span. And I think that just translates to mean he was pretty tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale, uh, armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a, reaver, a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. Man, I wish we kind of, I wish our, like our units were shekels. That just sounds fun. It just sounds like a fun way to, I'd like a shekel of potatoes. I don't know. I have no idea if that even works. Uh, verse eight, it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out? 
and line up for battle. Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Sometimes your valleys have giants in them. Sometimes your valleys have giants in them. Now, uh, we've talked about it, that, that a valley is a very hard place. It's a difficult place. It's a place of opposition, and a giant can be any number of things. Conflict can come in a lot of different ways. Some of you, you have emotional conflict. It's like your emotions can pendulum swing so strongly, moment by moment. Like maybe even while you've been here, it's like you've had these moments. You're like, yep, I know I'm, I'm changing. I know God loves me. I, I feel it. And then it's like you've been outside or, or, or somewhere else. And you're like, I just, I, man, why did I even come? You just got your, your emotions are all knotted up. It's like just emotional conflict, internal conflict. Some of you, it's relational conflict. Some of it, again, maybe it's, you're like, man, I just don't, I don't, I don't like the, the, my family, my friend group. I, it's just, why am I, I'm just conflict all the time. I've got relational conflict. I don't know how to work through it. I, I don't know how to, how to communicate the way that I, that I want to be heard. And, and I mean, I just struggle to, to feel like I have meaningful relationships. You have some relational conflict. Some of you, it's spiritual. You're, you're like, I, I know a lot about God, but I don't, I don't know if I know God. I don't know that I would call it relationship with God. Some, some of you, if you were to be honest, you have some, some anger or resentment towards God. You have some misunderstandings of who he is. And, and so sometimes even sitting in, in church services or, or, or watching people worship, you, you find yourself becoming cynical. You, you find yourself wondering, like, is it, what are these people even doing? Is this even real? You have some spiritual conflict going on in your heart, in your soul. Some of you, it might be physical. Maybe like your body, for some reason, just feels like your body's always breaking down or, or uh, you've had a, an ongoing sickness or, or something with your, your hands or your legs or, or just like a physical conflict going on. Sometimes our valleys, they've, they've got giants in them. And, and one of the valleys that we will all walk through is the valley of conflict where there's no way to go left, there's no way to go right. You've got this thing staring right at you and you've got to, you're going to have to figure out how to deal with it. Sometimes you're going to have relationships that you care about. You know where you have the most relational conflict? The relationships that you care about. Because if you don't care about it, then you just kind of ditch it and you walk away. But the problem is, is that some people, this just becomes the habit that they do. And so they just kind of, they just always move schools or they always move youth groups or, or, or they're just always kind of shifting friend groups because as soon as any sort of relational conflict happens, all they know is to walk away. But if you're going to have real meaningful relationships, you've got to learn how to have conflict. If you're really going to get to know God, you're going to have conflict at times. You're going, to have, you're going to have some things that you're going to have to wrestle through, some things you're going to have to learn, some things you're going to have to process. You're going to have some things that, that when you initially hear it or, or he's challenged you in certain areas that your, your initial response, because of how you're, you're wired, your selfish human DNA is going to say, I don't like that at all. And so, and so there's going to be times and seasons where it feels like you've got some spiritual conflict going on. Sometimes 
our valleys also have giants in them. All of us have to figure out how do we walk through not just the valley, but how do we, how do we deal with conflict? And so Goliath, he, he comes out and in verse 16, it talks about it. It actually says for 40 days, for 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took the stand. 40 days, Goliath comes out. Come on, somebody, come fight me. I dare you, I dare you to fight me. Somebody, come out. I dare you, 40 days. That's a long, that's, I mean, day in, day out. It says at morning and at night, it's ongoing. Just taunting. You see in verse eight, it says, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Just, just some good old fashioned biblical trash talk. Any good trash talkers in here? Yes. <laughs> what a great, I love it. Yup, you best believe it. Here, some of you were talking a little too much trash out there on the football field. I know I threw three interceptions, but you don't have to tell me about it. Uh, Trash talk, trash talk. Here's the thing I've learned about trash talk. Here's the thing I've learned about trash talk. Like I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not great at trash talk. I'm not like him. Um, But the thing about it is you just have to be better than the person you're going against, right? And so my wife, for instance, my wife, she's highly competitive. We're both kind of very competitive people, um, but she's terrible at trash talk, right? And so like we'll be playing and I'll just be like, ah, you know, you're terrible. I'm destroying you, whatever. Draw two, draw two. We play a lot of Uno. And, uh, and she does the thing where she just repeats back like whatever I said. And she's like, no, you're not very good at card games. And I'm like, got me. You know, like, she's not, she's like, she's not very good. Imagine you, you like go and you're, any of you guys play basketball, you're out there, you're like, you line up for free throws. Hey, hey, I defy you. <laughs> like, what? What did he say to you? He said he defies me. What does that mean? <laughs> Can you imagine? I read it in the Bible. I defy you. <laughs> it's biblical trash talk. So, so, but I, I told you this yesterday. I grew up like in the city, city, and uh, dude, they, in the city, like some people, they talk, they talk, talk trash a little bit different. And I, I'll tell you what. I had a friend growing up named uh, Melissa, and Melissa was uh, Puerto Rican, and Melissa, dude, she could, she could talk some trash, and it, it, it always went similar. First, she would just, she'd start taking off her rings. And her earrings, right? And she just she start moving around because she's she like she can't help herself. She's like, I oh, know you didn't, <laughs> like, and that's when you like at that point just back ten feet away because it's about to get real. And she's, I oh, know you didn't. She's like, I know you're not talking about me, right? She's like, listen, I, I, you don't know me. You don't know. <laughs> she just get she get herself worked up. You don't know me. Listen, you don't know my mama. You don't know my grandmama. Listen, honey, boo boo child, you don't know me. Right, and then she would, and then she started going in Spanish, and so now in English and in Spanish, she's just like ripping you to shreds. She's like, I just, I'm gonna go cry in the corner. So, is that cool? Is that cool? Uh, but it says for 40 days, it says 40 days, morning and night, morning and night, morning and night. The giant comes out. He he looks a whole nation in the face, and he says, "You won't do anything. Hey, I, you don't even believe in your God enough to come out and fight." And, and the reality is, for some of you, is that that in the middle of your valley, you have a giant that is taunting you. Some of you, as funny as the story is, you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you don't even like what you see. And so the first thing you see in the morning is that you're not pretty enough. You're not, you're not beautiful enough. You don't have value. 
The last thing you see before you lay down as you look in that mirror is that you're unlovable, that, 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 that you, you don't look like everybody else should look. And, and so the, day in and day out, what you hear is the taunts of the enemy. You, you hear the giant in your valley. Some of you, you wake up in the morning and you're like, I just don't even want to get out of bed. And what you hear is that you don't have meaning. You don't have purpose. There's, there's nothing for you to accomplish. There's nothing special about you. And for day in and morning and night, some of you are taunted by some giants in your valley. Your internal monologue just repeats, repeats, repeats these lies, these untrue things that have been told and spoken to you. For some of you, it's words that, that a parent or, or, or a classmate has said, and it's like they, they said it in such a way that you can't seem to scrub those words out of your mind. And so all you hear day in, in the morning, when you're at school, at night, you hear these words over and over and over and over and over again. You've got some giants that are taunting you. And at times, it feels like last night, we had to talk about what valley are you in? And it feels individual. And so what we do is we sit there and we say, man, no one really understands what I'm walking through. No one really understands what it's like to be me. No one really understands what it's like to be trying to kick this sin habit and, not just, and just feel like you just can't. And no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter the prayers that I pray, no one knows what it's like not to be able to overcome this. And I'm, I'm telling you uh, that, that, yes, that is your individual giant, but, but much like the, the people in this story, they're generational giants. And what you need to understand is that the giant that's standing before you and telling you that you don't have purpose is telling the people to your left and to your right that they don't have purpose. That, that, that when you look at yourself and you tell yourself the lie that, that you aren't crafted in, in the beautiful DNA of a heavenly divine creator, that, that you're not worthy or, or beautiful or lovable, that, that it's not just you that's hearing that, it's a generational giant. And so what you have is the same thing that happens to the people of God, the people that are supposed to know and, and the way they would describe God is the living God. And the people who are supposed to know the living God are frozen in fear. They do nothing except for go out again to hear a bunch of lies, only to come back out at night to hear a whole bunch of lies, to be stuck in a valley and not know what to do with conflict. There's hope. Tonight we're going to talk about how to overcome conflict. How do we overcome conflict? 40 days, 40 nights, taunting, repetitive words. You're not good enough. We're, we're going to overcome you. You can't, you, you can't rise above this. Verse 20. I've read this story a whole lot growing up, but verse 20, it says in 1 Samuel 17, 20, it says, early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of the shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. That's his father. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Let me read that again, because at first it doesn't feel like it makes a whole lot of sense, but it says, he, David, he reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. And let me explain what's happening, is that both armies, they would be in their camp, and they would get together, and they say, all right, here's what we're going to get our armor on, we're going to get our stuff together, and then we're going to go out. But before they would go out, their, their war cry oftentimes would even sometimes be, they would sing songs. 
And, and so they're, they're in the camp of God. And what they're actually doing is they're starting to declare things like, there's no one more powerful than our God. There's no one who's more mighty. There's no one who's stronger. It's like they're in that pregame huddle. They're getting each other all revved up. Come on, there's no one like our God. He's amazing. He's incredible. Let's go do this thing. I'm not fighting them. Are you fighting them? I'm not fighting them. They go back the next day, take all their stuff off, only to do it day in and day out, day in and day out. And the thing that worries me about a retreat like this is that if we're not careful, when we're in the camp of God, we'll sing the songs. When we're in the camp of God, we'll be like, there's no one better than our God. Uh, man, I, I was a prodigal, but now I'm set free. The prison doors have flung open. And then we get to Monday, we get to our, our classroom, we get back home and, and we refuse to actually take action to the truth of what God has done in our life. And so if we're not careful, what we do is become really good at singing the songs about God, but really bad at living in the victory of God. And so for 40 days, man, we're, God, you got this. Just like you did it for our forefathers, you're going to do it for us. Just to go out there, silence. Let's do, uh, Megan, you here? Let's, let, I mean, so I don't know about you, but I think like, you know what might help? Anybody wish you had sometimes like a, like a soundtrack to your life? Like, wouldn't that be nice? I think that'd be, I think that'd be great. So we're going to, we're going to do this real quick. Just play, play something like really nice. Yeah, give it up for Megan. Wouldn't it, but wouldn't it? <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. This note better be real good. But imagine, imagine with me. Oh, there it is. Imagine with me, right? It's Monday morning. You got home from camp and you had the greatest night of sleep of your life. You wake up the next morning, not to an alarm, but to the birds chirping and the sound of God. Good morning. I am your good shepherd. I will lead you beside still waters. You are an overcomer. You are so beautiful. Like really, really beautiful. Like your hair looks so good today. Like, wouldn't that be nice? And all right, so maybe not God, but wouldn't it, like maybe you wake up and it's Adam and he's just smiling. What's up champ? What's going on? Hey, listen up slugger. You got this at school today. Milford better look out because you went to camp. So good things for you, huh? High five, right? Uh, maybe not that. Maybe we'll stick with God. But here's what we do, right? We, 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 we go to camp. We go to retreat. We get excited. Come on, we can do this. We feel good. The music's playing. Whew, that's nice. Must be a G chord because that's what all worship music's in, right? It's like we're feeling good. We're feeling good. But then Monday hits, stop playing. And Monday hits, and Monday hits rough. There's no music. And I'll tell you how Monday is going to go. You're going to wake up. You're going to be extra groggy because some of you drank more caffeine than you should. And you're going to be like, you're going to wake up. And like that, no matter how much hair gel you use, this back part of your hair is going to be sticking up. And you're going to be like, come on, just get down. It's Monday. And by the time you get to class, you will have forgotten all the homework you were supposed to do because you were here this weekend and you, you forgot that you were in school. <laughs> Some of you are shushing me right now. It's hitting, it's hitting home real hard. And you're going to get to your first class and then forget about that test that you actually had. And so the class that you're struggling in, the, the class is, but wait, 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 because Wednesday, Wednesday night is church night. Woo! Come on! It's 
church night tonight. So who cares? Who cares that I went back home and I still looked at porn? Who cares that I went home and I didn't break up with the boyfriend or girlfriend I was supposed to? Who cares that I still let that internal monologue? Because it's Wednesday and they're playing my song. So here I am. But then Thursday hits and there's no music. And if we're not careful, thank you, you, you can grab a seat. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, listen, listen, listen. If you're not careful, this is what growing up in church looks like. If you're not careful, you could leave this retreat, you could leave this holy space, you could leave this moment where God is trying to change some things in you and go back no different than how you walked in. And I'll tell you what, but like for real, I mean, even as we're singing, I'm telling you, I was moved by hearing you guys just declare the truth of who God is, but I didn't come this weekend to just try to inspire you and give you the warm, fuzzy feelings. I, I came because I want to see a generation that goes back home and walks in victory. I want to see a generation that says, you know what? I'm done with this valley. I'm going to move through it and I'm going to grow through it and I'm going to worship God through it. I want to see a generation that realizes that the depression I face is the depression of my generation. And if I can learn to fight it, if I can learn to find the joy that can only come through the goodness of God, if I can learn to find my value that can only be found in, in the word of God, if I can find my, my God-given divine purpose on this earth, that can only be encountered through the Holy Spirit of God, then maybe I can set a whole generation free. And that's my prayer. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm praying for tonight. It's not that we would play this silly game where we become really good experts at singing the song and really bad at living it out. I want to be people where we sing the song and we go out with even more strength. We go out with even more power. We go out with even more hope and conviction and truth built up inside of us because we have seen and we have an experience and we have seen our heavenly father face to face. So how do you fight a giant? How do you fight a giant? I want, I want to give you a few thoughts. One, and we talked about it this morning, and honestly, this story is a terrible illustration for it, but you can't fight alone. Stop fighting alone. Get, stack the odds in your favor, because I'm telling you, your enemy is doing, he will bite you, scratch you, kick you. He will emotionally beat you up. He will not fight fair. And so stack it up. Get, get everybody you can to rally around you, to be your support, to speak truth into your life. Get, get, get community around you when you rise up as, as a community. I mean, this should have been a community thing. But here's what the enemy does. The enemy tries to isolate you where you feel like it's just you. And then it holds a whole generation hostage. Don't fight alone. Don't fight alone. The reason you get in your groups is so that you can talk about real things. If you don't want to talk about real things, then don't go, to, just don't go to your group because the people who are there, they need to talk about what is really going on in their lives. Because we need a generation that can be free. I'm tired even now. Like my soul is tired. I'm tired of talking about how dark valleys are and I want us to see how good God is. And one of the ways you do that, like, again, I'm not putting down the worship moments because sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you need to get with your friends and say, honestly, I need prayer. 
I, honestly, I, I just, could, just for a moment, would you worship with me? Just for a moment, could, could you challenge me? Could you speak some truth into my life? Imagine, imagine that, that that starts becoming a thing for you, where, where you could say, like, man, I'm headed into lunch, and if I'm being honest, I'm starting to believe some lies. Could you guys just speak some truth into my life? And you could just blow up a group chat, and it's like, no, here's who you are. Here's what God spoke to you over the weekend. Here's what God spoke to you Wednesday night. Here's what God, remember what God said in our group? Man, that's for you. Don't fight alone. Don't live in isolation and, and let, uh, this, it's a trick of the enemy that, that it tells you that this giant's just your giant. I'm telling you the things you face are the things your generation face. So fight together. Don't fight alone. Second thing, use what's in your hand. Use what's in your hand. This is the, uh, the concept is this. It's that you've got to start to understand the divine giftings and callings God has placed in your life. There's a reason that some of you are short, some of you are, are taller, some of you have blonde hair, some of you have black hair. You were created with unique purpose, with divine purpose. You have giftings and abilities that can be utilized for the kingdom of God. And so again, if you know the story, how does David defeat Goliath? He does it with a slingshot. Saul wanted him to use armor. He wanted it to look like the warrior that he was. But David realized because he knew who he was. Because he had practiced who he was. He had practiced his skill set. He had practiced what God had put in his hand. So he had enough confidence in who God had divinely created him to be so that when the enemy came, he had a response. Worship team, I'm going to have you guys up. You got to learn to use what's in your hand. You got to learn to use what's in your hand. Uh, I had a girl in, in our youth group in, in Green Bay. Her name was Gracie. And we, we were talking about this idea that you have purpose, you have meaning, you have something to offer. And at the time she was homeschooled and she was like, man, I want to make a difference. But honestly, she's like, I just, I'm not around that many non-Christian people. And so she, was, she started praying about it. She started talking to her parents and, and to her friends. And, and, and she found a program where she started to take a few classes at the high school. And so she does it and she got really discouraged right away. It's like, it's not going well. I, in my mind, I was going to show up. I was going to be like sharing the love of Jesus. And it's, uh, I feel like I'm getting beat up. So we just started to say, well, Gracie, what's, it, what's in your hand? What has God given you? What's unique about you? What do you like to do? She's like, I, I, don't, like, I don't really like sports. I'm not really like musical. She's like, I like to bake. And I'm like, oh boy. And I was like, I, don't, I didn't say that out loud. I thought it internally. I was like, but maybe we can use, all right, maybe we can use that. And so, true story, Gracie, she just, she started making baked goods, cookies, brownies, and, and she had a locker, and she would just go to the, the people around her, she'd just hand them, hey, I just want you to know, like, I love you, God loves you, I made these for you. Initially, she hated it. She's like, I, I think I need to stop, this is awkward, I'm getting weird looks, like, I, I don't really like this. But she kept doing it, she kept doing it, and she started praying for these people. Uh, a, a few weeks later, after she started school there, well, we're doing an event and we're like, man, bring a friend, bring a friend. And so she's like, she's a shy girl. She wasn't super confident, but she's like, I'm gonna invite this girl that I've been giving these, these baked goods to. She goes to this girl and just says, hey, here's, here's the stuff. Like, I love you, God loves you. And uh, man, we're doing this thing at my church. Would you ever come? And um, this girl just broke down and said, honestly, uh, yeah, I'd love to go. She said, no one tells me that they love me. Like, no one at home. And so 
I, I, I don't know what to do because I come here and I don't even know you. And you just tell me every day that you love me. And it overwhelmed her. Like the, the a thing I thought would never work. A thing that I'm like, I don't know how to do. As simple as just eye contact, uh, a moment of letting someone see that they're valued and somebody using a gifting that they have and change that girl's life. As simple as, man, I love you. God loves you. Uh, I've got this little bit of talent. I've got this little bit of ability. And if I can use it for the kingdom of God, you got to learn to use what's in your hands. Some of you, you've been, you're gifted athletes, but, but you, you, you play out of a place that is just for yourself and just find that one little way that you can glorify God. Find one little way that you could inspire a teammate to, to let you, them know that like you play for something beyond yourself. Some of you are incredibly intelligent where, where other kids struggle in, in math or English and science, like you seem to excel and there's an opportunity there to come along somebody who's not doing well and just say, hey, if I could help, I would love to help. All of it, the, the thing is, I, I don't know, but your leaders, they know it. You have divine giftings. You have abilities. Some of you, are, you you've got songs that need to be sung. Some of you have art that need to be created. Some of you ha- have, have words and poems that need to be written. Some of you have, have messages that need to be preached. So some of you, you have God-given divine calling. But David knew because he had practice. When no one, he, he goes and he says, I've killed the bear, I've killed the lion doing it this way. I know how to do it this way. He started practicing in secret what God had gifted him to do so he was ready to fight a giant. And some of you, you've got to just start to practice. You, you need to go to Adam and just say, how can I serve? What can I do? You need someone to, to pick up the chairs, I'll pick up the chairs. You, you need someone to pray over the chairs, I'll pray over the, what, what giftings do I have? And you need to start to train those and sharpen those so that you don't, don't just know how to sing the songs, but you know how to go out and actually live in victory. And the way that you live in victory is that you don't fight alone, but you start to use what's in your hands. You start to use what God has designed you for and created you for and crafted you for. And you could set a generation free. And the third thing, and everything else is lost if you don't understand this third thing, is that you need to remember that Jesus has already won. You need to to remind yourself daily that your only hope is Jesus. You need to remind yourself daily that it's not on your own accolades. It's not on your own ability. It's not on your own skill. It's not on your ability to, to even talk about Jesus. For me, it's not about how good I can preach or not preach. It doesn't really matter. The reason I'm up here is because I have a gracious heavenly father who, who is gracious enough to see me at every low point and to rescue me. That, that any time I walk through a valley of sin, I, I have a heavenly father who, who, who reached out and picked me up and, and, and saved me. That any time that, that I lacked clarity and I couldn't make a decision, he would pull me out and he would give me God-given divine vision for my life. The only reason, our, our, our only play, our, our only point of, of, of strength It's not just in the words of God, singing the songs about God, but it's in the position of God. And as the giant comes out, did you notice? He says, I defy you and I defy your God. The giant tries to talk to you about who your God is, but David knows who his God is. He says, no, 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 no. You don't tell me who my God is. I tell you who my God is. And my God's the God who has victory. My God is the one who can can overcome. Your giant all day will try to tell you about God. No, no, God, God, he won't really love you enough. 
He can't really save you enough. He can't really redeem you enough. But David, he, he's, he spent time in private worship and public worship. He spent time honing his craft. He, he knows who his God is. So when the enemy says, here's who your God is, he says, no, you don't tell me who my God is. I know who my God is. And some of you need to remind yourself tonight about who Jesus is. Some of you need to remind yourself tonight that you have victory and all you have to do is say, Jesus. All you have to say is, Jesus, I, I let go of it and I put it in your hands. Some of you, it, it, it's down on your knees and I don't care what I have to posture myself to. God, I need you. And as I lay down everything, as I give up everything at the foot of the cross, I get to experience the victory that I've been looking for and striving for and longing for, not because of who I am, but because of the goodness of God. Colossians 2.15 I love this. It says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, it's talking about Jesus. It says he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. It, it, it's saying, man, Jesus, he didn't overcome the grave quietly. He, he didn't do it in secret. I, 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 he overcame in, in such a dramatic way. He's so much stronger than whatever valley you're walking through. I'm so tired of talking about valleys because my Jesus is so much bigger. It, it's good to understand them, but it's more important to understand understand Jesus and he's greater. He is the great physician. He can heal you. Jesus, he, 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 he is, he loves you enough. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. There's grace for you tonight. He says, man, he made a public spectacle. This sin doesn't belong here. This shame. Nope. Can't stand in the presence of God. That lack of value. Nope. Not when I'm around. And some of you tonight, it's about reminding yourself of who Jesus is. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and fight the giants of your generation. Go out and, 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 and silence all of the lies, all of the untrue things. Go out and let people see the truth of who Jesus is. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am there with you always. When you walk through your hallways on Monday morning, I am with you always. When you go to sleep tonight, your heavenly father is with you always to the very end of age, till your last breath, to your last moment on this earth. And then you will go to eternity with your heavenly father. Everywhere you go, everywhere you set your foot, everything you do, there's the potential to be, for Jesus to be at the center of it. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes just for a moment. Some of you, you've tried, you've tried to do it on your own. You've tried to even maybe hone in your, your skills, your abilities. You've tried to eat, maybe even play the part of church. You, you've tried to sing the right songs. You've tried to act like the other kids in youth group, but you've never just gotten to that spot where you say, I've got to lay everything else down. It's not about what I can do. It's not about what I can accomplish on my own. My only hope is Jesus. And tonight, if that's you, I, I just want to invite you to stand right where you're at, to accept salvation, to accept freedom in Christ. If that's you, I just invite you to stand. We want to pray with you. We want to celebrate you. But if there's anyone in this room, you're saying, if I'm being honest, I've just never laid everything down. I've never surrendered everything. I'm just going to invite you to stand.
It's awesome. That's great. God, every eye closed, every head bowed. God, we just thank you. We thank you for the boldness. God, we, we thank you for this moment of truth, this moment of clarity, of seeing that Jesus, you're our only hope. That God, you, you alone can, can bring new life. And so I, I just pray with my friend, God, I, I pray that in this moment he would feel your love, your grace, your truth. I'm going to invite the, the rest of us to stand real quick. And, and how we're going to wrap up tonight is going to be a little bit different. We're going to, um, we're going to have you with your small groups. Um, you guys wrote on your note cards last night all the valleys you were walking in. And so leaders, if you have those or if you have that individually, I want you to grab your note card. And I'm going to invite you actually to come up front. We're going to try something tonight. I think it's going to be fun. So once you grab your card, you can come up this way. It's okay. If, if for some reason you don't have your card, that's okay. Still, you can just come up front. You guys can squeeze in a little so that the people on the sides can can pack in. And we've talked a lot this weekend. We've talked a lot about valleys. And I'll be honest, I'm a pretty optimistic person, so it's not my favorite content. I like to smile, I like to laugh. But the reality is that that we, like we've said, we all walk through them. And, and even at moments, maybe even while I'm teaching, it's like, times, it's like man, the, the problem seems bigger than the solution. So in your hand, you, you've got a valley that you're walking through. And, and I'm telling you, the only hope for that valley, but there's hope, there's actually victory for it, it's Jesus. And, and I don't mean to like oversimplify it. There's, there's other pieces or components that will need to go to, to walking that and living that out. But there's something that, that when we go fully abandoned, fully surrendered, all in on Jesus, there's something that frees our life. There's something that frees our souls. So what I want you to do, if you have your card, hold it up. And, and just, uh, I'm gonna invite you, just for 30 seconds with me, would you even just pray out loud? It doesn't have to be super loud, just out loud for, for strength to overcome this valley. Let's do that even just right now. God, we pray over every valley that's represented on these cards. God, we pray for, for every sin. God, we pray for every everything that feels heavy and weighted. God, we, we pray for, for every difficulty, for every area that, that of conflict, of relational conflict, of spiritual conflict. God, we, we pray for freedom. God, we, we pray that, that we would walk out of the valleys. God, I pray that, that we wouldn't get stuck. I, I pray that we, we wouldn't let our problem become greater than our Savior. And now what I want you to do is I, I, want you to, I want you to hold on to the piece, but I want you just to rip it up. I want you to rip it up. And I'll tell you what, I don't really like 
valleys, but I really like parties. And so these, these are going to be our confetti because I think every good party needs some confetti. And so, because it says, it says in Colossians that Jesus, he actually made a spectacle out of the things that were holding us down. I mean, he made them laughable. He made them feel so small. And, and so I think a spectacle is when you use the things that the devil used to lie to you about and you use it as confetti that you dance on as Jesus sets you free. I think that's kind of a good time. And, and so I'm going to invite you. We're going to, the band's going to help us out, but we're going to count down from 10 and we're going to throw those in the air. We're going to yell. We're going to jump up and down and we're going to believe that in this moment like it's a special moment and we're going to believe that in this moment that you're going to have victory that you don't have to live in isolation that you don't have to live overcome so we got our confetti we ready to go all right here we go you guys can count with me here we go 10 all right freeze 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 because if you don't go all out then it's uh, guys this could be fun this could be fun but like you've been going crazy for some other things but i think we gotta like go all in on this so here we go ready 10 9 8 Come on.